You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Daily And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It's time to make some money. That's right. We're here, locked and loaded on the Daily Tip trying to make you guys some winning picks on your bets tonight. Starting off this hour, we'll go to the NBA. Only a couple games on the slate tonight, but maybe some good plays to be had. Then we're going to the NBA futures market. Who is going to win it all? And is now the time in to buy in on some of these teams that look good early on in the season? Then at 7.20, it's time to talk Thursday night football. A great matchup tonight between the Bengals and the Ravens. The Bengals getting three and a half. Is that the way to go? We'll give you some stats on Joe Burrow that might make you want to trust Cincinnati in this situation. Then at 7.40, time for some big plus money on the card as we give you our show parlay. Jenks, I was looking at Twitter, and I follow somebody who's real into volleyball, and they're showing these exercises that they do, and it's a lot of agility work where they're doing like bunny hops and one-leg bounds. And let me tell you something about workouts. If I look stupid doing it, I'm not going to do it. That is my one thing that I'm not going to (laughs) do. If I look ridiculous at the gym in public doing a certain exercise, I'm not going to do it. It's just that simple. You know what I love about this? Did you know our company's motto or one of the things that we talk about on a regular basis is what's your one thing? There is a coffee cup right next to me that says one thing. Odyssey's one thing. And Chelsea... You are such a company gal. You are so in line with the values of this company. You just said without even knowing it, you know what my one thing is? Not doing a workout that makes me look bad. So once again, not only did you give an opinion, the higher-ups are saying, that Chelsea Messenger, she stays on brand no matter what. Hell yeah, let's go. Time for (laughs) my raise. let's go. (laughs) But are you like this? Because there are certain exercises that are really good for you. And I'll give you a great example. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the glute holds. Have you seen like the glute bridges that girls do to try to like, like I'm trying to think of the name of them, where they put the bar across their hips and you do like the glute bridge thrusts. Yeah, like, oh, it's I watch great those for your glutes. But I don't want to do it in public. It looks weird. No, I... It looks sexual and I don't want people watching me do it. 
Well, just watching you sort of mimic it while you're sitting in your seat. I obviously am not looking at your glutes. I just see your upper half. I'm like, it feels like that could be kind of a sexual thing. So I don't blame you for that. Also, if you're a woman, you have it much worse. If I'm doing it, people are like, eh, that guy's weird. If you're doing it, probably some perv is going to be like, ooh, let me see what's going on over here. And also, don't you go to the gym? Like, I just work out at home. I don't have a gym membership, so it's easy for me to do whatever because I'm sitting around with my cat. That's it. If you're in a gym <laughs> or in public, it's much different. <laughs> a little bit different audience there. But the dynamic is way different now at the gym that I'm at than it used to be because we used to live downtown in downtown Nashville. So it was a lot mm -hmm. of like younger people, a lot of people uh, who are dressing more provocatively. But now I'm in the suburbs. So it's like a lot of like 65 year old guys in jeans with like their cell phone oh clipped to their buckle. You're like, come on, man. You don't have any gym shorts. Come on, man. So like, I don't think people are perving on me. It just feels mm -hmm. weird. Like, here's another machine, the inner okay. outer thigh. Have you do, done the one where you have your legs and you have to like close them? That is the You're most awkward about... machine to make eye contact with somebody. <laughs> You're just like, That's called well. the thigh master. That's what that is. That is the thigh master. That is the Suzanne Summers RIP classic. Do you remember when she came out with this? This is before your time, right? It has no. to be. I, it's not like the You have to look. I swear to God, this was a huge deal back in the day, and it will probably crack you up. Suzanne Summers, she was a star of Three's Company, passed away recently, and she came out after her career in Hollywood, even though she always had a career, she really got into fitness and exercise, and one of the things that she sold online or on commercials was the thigh master and it was just a small apparatus that you put between your legs right at your thighs and you did the exact exercise you're talking about you just move your legs together with some resistance and back i'm doing it right now the thigh master so you're talking about the thigh master well it's a little different because it does have a place where you can add weight and it's a bigger machine but it is the ah. same concept and Jenks, I'm going to make you roll your eyes. I knew about Suzanne Summer's thigh machine or thigh master because of watching Selling Sunset. She was oh on the show. God. They had her house on she there. She was? And yeah. She had a really nice house. I think it was in Palm Springs, and they were trying to sell it. And so I learned the story of Suzanne Summer's thigh master on Selling Sunset. I am such a millennial. You know what I'm looking up right now is how much she made. Oh, my God. Listen to this. This is crazy. According to her own statements on the Hollywood Raw podcast, she made close to $300 million selling the Thighmaster. Sold about $15 million at nineteen ninety-five each. It reminds me of George Foreman because George mm -hmm. Foreman is known for obviously being one of the great heavyweights of all time, but made infinitely more money on the George Foreman grill. So he could feed George, 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 and George. <laughs> because all of his kids are named George. I remember that. He would say that. He made millions of dollars and then sold it. So the same thing for Suzanne Summers, known for one thing, but her fortune came from elsewhere. I think that is the key to like generational wealth is if you're already famous, you lock into it and you find an idea that, you know, you are really behind. And we see it way more with celebrities now because like Kim Kardashian, mm -hmm. I feel like has been leading the charge, how everything sure. has to be monetized. Like if you are famous for being hot, 
you show the normal people how to achieve your hotness, even though it's a complete lie. When they're like, here's my fitness products. And you're like, oh, you mean your surgeon? But you know, most people don't know the difference. So there, a billion is made for the Kardashians, but I digress. All right, Jenks, let's talk about the NBA. Maybe we can make okay. a few shekels on the NBA tonight, us mere peasants. So only a couple of games on the slate tonight. Uh, let's start with the Nets and the Heat. We've got Miami minus three and a half at home and a pretty low total of 217 and a half. But that's been a trend for Miami over the past couple of years. A great defensive squad. And so far, it has been the case. Over under record of four and seven. So seven of their games this year have hit the under, but 217 and a half, a pretty low number. So, Jenks, what was your initial thought uh, looking at this line, looking at this total, and looking at these two teams? Well, let me say for the record, first of all, my NBA picks have been garbage. They've been terrible. But I will say that I do like the Heat tonight, minus three and a half. And this is fascinating, too, because you've got Brooklyn, which is the best covering team in the NBA, taking mm -hmm. on the Heat, which is arguably the hottest team in the NBA. They've won six straight. But since you've got the Heat at home, since you've got them playing such good basketball, it's a short number. I, I I, actually like the Heat here, and the Nets are playing good basketball. But with the Nets, and, and, and can I just say, what is going on with Bill Simmons? Ben, Bill Simmons. Ben Simmons. What is going on with him? He's banged up again. Now he's got some sort of nerve impingement or something. Dude, this cat, is he ever going to be healthy? We need to get Maddie on the show because Matt is our Nets expert. I'm not trying to go off on Ben Simmons. I just, this has been like two or three years, and at some point, you are who you are. And I feel like he's just going to be that dude who is just never in the lineup on a regular basis. Regardless, with the way the Heat are playing right now, started off one and four. I like the way they're playing. I think this number is short. I'm on Miami tonight. I think this is a tough one because you see how the market has undervalued the Nets. Like you said, one of the best covering teams in the NBA at 9-1-1 and against the spread. But also, they don't have Ben Simmons in this one and also Cam Thomas. Because if you look back on the 1st of November, these two teams played each other and Brooklyn covered. Uh, I believe they won that game outright 109-105 to as uh, seven-point dogs there. But still, they didn't have Ben Simmons, or excuse me, tonight they will not have Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas. So that makes me a little nervous here. At some point, we're going to see this run come to an end for Brooklyn covering all of these numbers. But I think it's probably a no play for me because yeah. Miami just has not been trustworthy this year. And so I think when you're taking a favorite, you need to make sure that they are trustworthy. Although I'll say this, Miami, it's not the fact that they have been losing games. They've won six straight. It's just sometimes they're not covering the numbers. But this is a short yeah. spread. They're playing at home. So I would lean towards the heat here, but it's not my favorite play on the board. So only one Chelsea. other game tonight. What? Oh, I just want to tell you, one thing to keep an eye on. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to mention this. Did you hear the rumor that Jimmy Butler missed Saturday's game against the Hawks in Atlanta? because he was at a Morgan Wallen concert the night before, also oh in Atlanta. Oh, my God. He's a country music guy. He's a country music that. guy. There was a, pic yeah, there was a picture of him, I think, in the dugout at Truist Park listening to Morgan Wallen, and he's talked about how he wants to release a song with Morgan Wallen or go on stage with him and at least sing a lyric. 
And so the thought is, hmm, you were at Truist Park and you were in the dugout at a concert the night before, but the next day you just didn't play. And the thought is, yeah, you got turnt at Morgan Wallen and decided you weren't going to play against the Hawks. So make sure you check and see if there is a country music <laughs> concert in Miami tonight. Because if there is, Jimmy Butler may not play. Jimmy Butler is the most extra. That's why we yes, love him. Is. And also sometimes we roll our eyes. But this is straight out of the Morgan Wallen playbook. Like if he loves Morgan Wallen, this is what Morgan Wallen does. Because di wasn't there some kind of uproar how he went out in, I think, Mississippi and got like turned up and then didn't play his concert the next day? He's like, oh, I can't sing. My throat hurts. And you're like, huh, wonder why. So maybe he <laughs> likes Morgan Wallen in more ways than one. So that's my two cents there. All right, so Jenks, we have one other game tonight. And I actually like this one a bit more. We have Thunder squaring off with the Warriors. Oklahoma City actually favored in this game, minus two and a half, total of 227 and a half. So you see this line and immediately you think, okay, the Thunder are starting to get some credit. We know the Warriors are already down Draymond Green. It feels like a spot where the Thunder should roll here. I know it's a, a road game for the Thunder, but SGA should be back in the lineup, I believe, for this one. And the Thunder, low-key, pretty solid team. So I think I would take mm -hmm. a look at the Thunder laying the two and a half. Yeah, I'd take Thunder minus two and a half. I'd also look at the Thunder on the money line. It's minus 145. You know, I like my little mm -hmm. juicy money line plays within reason. But maybe this is a sucker bet at some point. Maybe, maybe the Warriors will put it together. But you've got Draymond Green out because he's acting like a full-on punk. Warriors are one and four against the spread this season at home. Thunder, three and one against the spread on the road. And honestly, over the past, I think, couple of years now, at least a season and a half, it feels like to me that the NBA market has overvalued the Warriors based on their history and also undervalued the Thunder based on their history. It takes a while for those markets to correct. And the reason why is because people still want to bet on the Warriors or they still want to fade the Thunder. And then you do a deeper dive and you realize, oh, I don't think... I don't think this Thunder team is as bad as it used to be, or maybe the Warriors aren't as good as they used to be, and now Steph isn't going to play? Yeah, let's just take the Thunder here. Yeah, I think so as well, because Steph Curry is more than just the points that he adds to the box score. He is the the drive that drives the car for that offense, for the Warriors. Yeah. So clearly a big link is missing there, and you see it reflected in the line. Like, the line tells us that. But this is an Oklahoma City team that just seems more motivated, too. They've won four of their last five games. Golden State has lost four straight games, and even at home. So I think Oklahoma City is the play there. Yeah, this line's already gone to three and a half. Do you think this you line go. moves anymore? I will say the one yes. benefit of our show is that we will catch some of these lines before they move too much. So now the money line's minus 155. You still on the money line, or do you like the Thunder yeah. laying the three and a half? I'll take minus 155. In fact, I bet if you shop around, you can find it just a little less juicy. That's kind of my threshold, though. I might go to minus one. Uh, I, I Minus 155 is right there. It's still a sweet spot. I feel like it's all right. You're fine. And honestly, Chelsea, I think this is going to get to four. So I still think this is a cheap price relative to to the number of players who will not be in the lineup for Golden State. So I'm going to look around during the break here and see what I can find. But yeah, I still like Thunder on the money line.
Ooh, you're like that bad influence friend that you go to the mall with them and they're like, yeah, just spend it. It's fine. You're, you know, it's only Tuesday once. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's right. Exactly. You only live one life. Life is short. You can't take it with you when you go. Just spend it. Yeah, or you could invest it, which I will toot our own horns. We have been talking investing on this show a little bit, too. We so have. look at us. Two adults making great decisions, at least with our money. Maybe not some of our bets. When we come back from the break, what is the best investment on Thursday Night Football? Is it the Bengals getting the points or is it all Ravens in Baltimore? We'll tell you next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we're back. On a Thursday, which is not a Friday, but it's close. At least we have Thursday night football to look forward to tonight. And I actually mean that this time. We have had some horrible, no good, dumpster fire Thursday night games, but not tonight's. We've got the Bengals and the Ravens squaring off in a big AFC North matchup with a tight spread. Uh, a higher total, so maybe we'll see some points, maybe we'll see a close game, something that we haven't had much of so far in primetime this season. Jenks, I think the rhetoric this week in the national media, which I think is interesting to follow, you know, what are the narratives this week in the NFL? And the top one, I think, has to be the fall of Josh Allen. Like, I knew that we were going to see some hate on Josh Allen Mm -hmm. after yet another game where he had trouble keeping the ball on his own team. You know, the turnovers are really a problem for Josh Allen. But I feel like it's almost gone too far. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Josh Allen sucks and that, you know, he's a terrible quarterback. The turnovers clearly are a problem. But still, I think the point that I keep trying to make is that some of these throws that he is making are low percentage throws And, you know, occasionally, you know, you're going to throw the picks. Like if you're a gunslinger, that's part of the deal is you're going to throw some picks uh, if you're throwing the ball down the field. And also when some of the interceptions bounce off a receiver's hands, that's why I think interceptions sometimes can be a misleading stat. Like I don't think it's the case with Josh Allen. I truly do think he has a turnover problem. But I was looking at some other metrics Uh, for interceptions and apparently there's this metric called turnover worthy plays and I think Josh Allen there's some kind of metric that says okay he has a lot of interceptions but he's getting a lot of bad luck is like the basic gist of this stat yes so do you think that Josh Allen can correct this because when we're talking about luck or variance or anything like that eventually Mm -hmm. the pendulum usually swings the other way and especially now that sure. this is the narrative surrounding Josh Allen we still have you know a good chunk of the season left do you think this is a fixable problem for Josh Allen yes I do I absolutely do and there is when you talk about metrics there is I mean there's a ton out there as we know but you mentioned one which is there is a luck metric and sometimes players have bad luck. Now, Josh Allen has made some bad decisions, but I believe he is too good to 
be stuck in this rut forever. Yeah, he's in a rut. But I think a good comparison would maybe be Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had a bad year last year, led the league in interceptions. Now, he's still an upper-tier quarterback, maybe not top-tier, but certainly one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And this year, he's completely turned it around. He worked on doing a better job of holding on to the football or not throwing bad passes or not putting himself in bad situations during the offseason. It's paying off right now. And that narrative has largely gone away. Had a bad outing against the Niners, but that's really about it. Had a, He's had a very good season. And I think we're going to see the same with Josh Adams. Look, this has not been his his best run here. Now they have a change at OC, but it's not squarely on him. And also, when you look at his history, this is not who he is as a quarterback. So I think the idea that suddenly he's just lost it and this is who he is now is ridiculous because all of a sudden you're you're just forgetting about years now of him being an exceptional quarterback. And, oh, he's had a tough run. It's over for Josh Allen. I don't buy it. I'm on the same page with you. And it's fun to have hot takes and say, well, his reign's over. If you are complaining about a quarterback and saying this guy needs to be out, you need to come to the table with a solution. Because do you know the toughest position to find good talent in? Quarterback in the NFL. There is such a low number of good quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, think about the franchise quarterbacks in the NFL and how tough it is for these teams to find them. Like, look at the Browns. They hedged their entire future just to swing and miss on Deshaun Watson. So I think that's my other takeaway. If you want Josh Allen out, who else are you going to get? That's my first uh, line of questioning. You can't just be single for a while. You can't just not have a quarterback. So you got to find a (laughs) replacement that's better than Josh Allen. All right, so speaking of quarterbacks, we have two good ones squaring off tonight in Thursday Night Football. Bengals, Ravens, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Tight line here. Ravens lay in three and a half. Total of 46 points. This one opened at Ravens minus four and the total at 43 and a half. So we've seen the total go up and the spread go down. Money coming in on the over and money coming in on the Bengals. Jenks, do you think the money is right here? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I do. And it's close. It's very close. This is one of those rare games, as crazy as it sounds, that... I like the Ravens at minus three, but I love the Bengals at plus three and a half. That's how close I think this game is going to be. And also, don't we see this all the time in the AFC North, these close games decided by a field goal? I I do get a little worried because the Bengals, it looks like they're going to be without their top two edge rushers in this game, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. Although Hendrickson said yesterday he might try and gut it out and play. We'll ask Mo Egger that at the top of the hour. But ultimately, T. Higgins is also out on offense. That's another thing you have to look at. So since the Ravens are so run-focused, they love to run the football, and the Bengals are bad at stopping the run, that gives me pause. If you look at rush statistics or defensive rush statistics in the NFL, the Bengals have the third-worst 
rushing defense. So I do worry a little bit that Baltimore can have a lot of success on the ground. That said, we are talking about more than a field goal here. And Joe Burrow, you mentioned this earlier, it's an incredible stat. When he is a dog of more than three points, he is, what, 15-2 and against the number in his lifetime, including 10 straight covers in that spot in the NFL. So if there is a quarterback late who can keep this within three and a half, I feel like it's Joe Burrow. So I would lean Bengals plus three and a half here. Yeah, I think that's the stat worth repeating or the trend worth repeating. Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. is an underdog buy-in, guys, because this is the spot where he really makes you some money, especially at over a field goal. Like Jinx said, 15-2 and against the spread when Joe Burrow is getting more than a field goal. And also, he's been really good against good teams, against the spread, 19-8 and against teams above 500. So those are the two trends I think you should know going into this game. And that's why I like the Bengals, especially in a divisional matchup. Usually these type of games play a little bit closer, and that's what I'm banking on. We don't need the Bengals to win. We just need them to cover the number at three and a half over a field goal, all in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Also looking at a prop here, if you think Joe Burrow has the other tool in his toolkit that he was talking about this week during the press conferences, it's his mobility. He said to reporters that the first time that he squared off with the Ravens, he wasn't at full strength. He didn't have all of his devices at hand. So even though he's not a quote-unquote dual-threat quarterback, Joe Burrow is a little shifty. We've seen it in the postseason. We've already seen it this year, especially against good defenses, against the 49ers on the road. Six rushes for 43 yards on the ground. So I think that's a solid play as well. Looking at Joe Burrow's rushing prop, set only at 12 and a half. I'll take the Mm. over there. It is a very low number. He's hit this in two of his last three games. Has had at least five carries in all three of his last three games. So maybe he's not the most efficient runner, but in prime time, I feel like if there's a first down to be had, Joe Burrow is going to run the few extra yards. I love that. I've been looking at that ever since you mentioned it in the first hour, Chelsea. And I love that you kind of got a tidbit from listening to him talk about how he just didn't have he didn't have his complete set of skills ready to go or he wasn't at 100% against the Ravens because Joe Burrow is that guy who you don't think of him as a mobile quarterback and he's not. He's certainly not Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or anything like that, but he's also not a total statue in the pocket. He's he's slippery. That's what he is. Joey B is slippery. So if he needs to get some yards, he can. And now that he's healthier, by his own admission, I feel like this number is low. I'm a big fan of that pick. I like it a lot. Yeah, the only sabotage factor for quarterback rushing props is like if they kneel at the end of the game because this number is so low. Uh, but that's yeah. kind of why I like it too. At 12 and a half, it's really low. He can get this in one rush. If you look at his last few games, he has got this in one rush, like his longest rush, 17 yards last time around against the Texans and 20 yards on the ground against the Niners. So maybe that's the way to go. Are there any other players you like in this game, Jinx? I do like my boy Gus. Oh, the Gus, Gus bus. Edwards. Toot, the toot. Gus bus. Hop on the Gus bus. Let's go into the end zone with the Gus bus. We got Gus Edwards driving the bus, and he's going to take us in for six. I like Gus Edwards. Over 46 and a half rushing yards, minus 115, or anytime touchdown, 
minus 105. Take your pick here. So here's my case for over 46 and a half rushing yards. Number one, I mentioned that Cincinnati defense. Really bad against the run. Also, without at least one of their edge rushers on that defensive line. Gus Edwards has hit this number in five of his last seven games. Back against the Bengals in week two, rushed for 62 yards, even though he only had 10 carries. And then I also think if you're talking about game script, I think this is, I like the under in this game. I know money is going towards the over, and I think it's going to be close late. I also think the Ravens will want to slow things down and run the ball and chew up clock, which I think means more carries and more yardage for Gus Edwards. If you don't like that, how about anytime touchdown? That's minus 105. He has seven touchdowns in his last four games, has scored a touchdown in four straight. So if you're saying, well, how do you like the under and also an anytime touchdown prop? Well, yeah, there can still be 42 points scored. The under can hit and the Ravens can score three touchdowns. And when they get close to the goal line, they feed Gus Edwards. So I really like what I've seen out of him in the prop market over the past few weeks. I think it continues tonight. I pointed that out earlier because I think it is an important note for people who are parlaying our picks because I see this all the time. I appreciate Mm -hmm. people who are listening to the show and saying, hey, I'm telling you, but people love to put it in a same game parlay. So that's where I think all of your legs need to correlate. So Mm -hmm. if you are taking the under and you're taking the Bengals plus three and a half and you're taking a Gus Edwards anytime touchdown, that's where you can run into issues as opposed to if you play them separately, you know, it's not going to kill your entire day. If you know, uh, Gus Edwards doesn't get a touchdown or if you need a Gus Edwards touchdown that somehow ruins the under and also ruins the Bengals plus three and a half. So that's my little spiel on same game parlays. Would you do one here? Like, do you think you have a good enough handle on this game to maybe cook up something? Because I think no, I, I would do. <laughs> no, I don't, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think don't. I would do Bengals plus three and a half, and I would do the under. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be my only two legs that I really like. I I just, this game is, I don't have a good handle on this game, to be honest. The, this is what I think will happen. I, 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 I would lean towards the Bengals as a side, the under if you're looking at a total. I really like your Joe Burrow rush prop. I like Gus Edwards here and his individual player props. But I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I think it will be close. I also think there's a possibility that the Ravens could cover this number and win by 10. I don't see the Bengals doing that. I think there is a possibility that the Ravens are a little bit better than we realize. Two weeks ago, we were talking about the Ravens as maybe being a Super Bowl contender, and they had one loss to the Browns, a loss that should not have happened, and all of a sudden it's, oh, well, I don't know about the Ravens now. This Ravens team is really good. I think they can give the Bengals a lot of problems. I am still siding with the Bengals, but if you're making a case for the other side, I think that we're not quite giving the Ravens enough credit for how good they are, particularly on defense. That defense will harass you, harass you, harass you, yes, Bad outing against the Browns. But overall, I do think Baltimore is the better team. I would side with the Bengals. But if you're making a case for the Ravens, I think that's it. Oh, I do think there is an easy case to be made for the Ravens. They're the number one scoring defense in the entire NFL. If they were playing somebody else, 
I would be on the Ravens because you're right. I don't think the narrative has changed that much. I still think very much so that they are Super Bowl contenders. It's just in this spot, Joe Burrow has been amazing. We've said it yeah. so many times because True. look at the other, you know, win against a great team and a great defense. They beat the Niners 31 to 17 on the road. And granted, the Niners were kind of in that stretch where they were a little banged up, but still, that's a good win. And Joe Burrow has done this time in and time out. Beat good teams on the road. That's what Joe Burrow does. So I'll stick with my uh, Bengals plus three and a half. I don't know about the total, though. Like, I'm kind of hoping for more points just because I want to watch a good game for the first time in forever. Primetime unders are what, 25 and seven? At some point, the pendulum has to swing the other way, right? Yeah, I think it has to. And this might be the game. Certainly, that's where the money is headed. It's pushed the total up. So I never feel, unless I have a super strong opinion, I don't like going against the money. I want everything to align like you're talking about, everything to sort of make sense. It makes me a little nervous. I would be on the under, but man, I'm just not quite sure when it comes to this game. Yeah, because if you look at the primetime unders trend and you look at the slate that we've had in Thursday night football games, it would make a lot of sense. It's not the same when you're talking about the Ravens and the Bengals. Up next, it's time for the show Parlay. Big plus money coming your way next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Off and rolling. It is Thursday, November 16th. Here on the Daily Tip, in just a few minutes, we'll try to pocket some big money with the show Parlay. We'll each give a leg and try to go 5-0 and for the weekend. We have not done it yet this football season, but as the pros like to say, we are due. That is the statistical analysis for why we have not got it done, but maybe it comes to fruition this weekend. Jenks, I feel like every single week, most people mm-hmm. are doing college bets which is kind of surprising to me. Like, I know, like, David's always going to do college because David loves college football. Uh, But do you think, in general, betting on college football is easier or do you think NFL is easier? Because I know the consensus is the spreads Mm -hmm. in the NFL are razor sharp and the toughest to beat. So is that why you go to the college ranks or do you just see a play and it's situationally based and say, well, I just happen to like this this particular week mm-hmm. at least for me and i think it's it maybe it's specific to the individual better but a i feel like the nfl is just harder to handicap because of the lines and because you're talking about professionals and i know you say well these are college kids they're less reliable that's also true however because you have so many different teams and so many different games in college football to the NFL that I think it's easier to find value in maybe less popular spots. Last night, we were on Miami of Ohio. We were on Maction. Now, we got lucky with that bet, but it still came home. I think our last two or three bets in Maction have come home. So 
it's easy when you look at college football, you say, okay, people bet on Bama, people bet on Georgia, people bet on Texas, people bet on Michigan. That's all well and fine. But in college football, you can go into the weeds if you want, kind of like college basketball. And when you go into the weeds like that, then you can find lines that maybe are a little softer than you might be able to find in the NFL. And as someone who really follows college football, it just makes it a little bit easier for me. I think a lot of it is what you follow. You know, if you are a fan of a certain team, you probably follow them closer. You probably have uh, a better idea of what's going on. So I think that's probably what it boils mm-hmm. down to. It's really tough for me to watch every single college football game. Like I follow the big ones, but you know, I don't have time every single you know Saturday to watch all of the other ones that are on like the other networks that I have to like search for. So I think that's why I kind of stay away from college football because the only ones that I really know and care about are the ones that also have very sharp lines. And also, I just really like the NFL. Uh, So that's my reasoning. All right, so let's get to some of these plays and see if we can beat the system and beat the man and rake in some big plus money. So Matt, we're going to start with you. And it looks like, once again, you're sticking with the SEC. Who do you like? Yeah, it's funny because uh, I have more success NFL betting, but with these parlay picks, my college picks have just been pretty good. So I've kind of just been riding that trend. And speaking of trends, this one is undefeated, and that is LSU overs nine and zero this year, nine and And now they get to face a Georgia State team that I think is a little bit undervalued in this spot. I kind of like them plus thirty one and a half, but um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of points. I will keep riding the SEC overs until they die. Give me over 71. Whew, that's a high total, but we know oh. LSU is fully capable with that offense and, more importantly, that defense. It's given up quite a few points this season. Next up, David, we know you're going to the college ranks, and it looks like you're going with your old reliable, the team that I think has won you a lot of money. They have, they have, and I was off them last week because the point spread was so big, but I played them on Saturday. I just couldn't stay away, and it hit. So I'm going back to James Madison, probably the best non-Power 5 team in college football, and shame on you, NCAA, for denying them the ability (laughs) to play in their conference championship and a bowl game. Shame, shame, shame. But, yes, I am taking James Madison, minus eight and a half, over Appalachian State. Appalachian State. That makes me want some, what is it, the Appalachian Sippin' Syrup? Remember that drink we were talking about, sponsored by Ego? What was that called? Oh, I thought you were talking about moonshine. Appalachian sipping syrup. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, it's oh, the it's Appalachian just... sipping cream. Do you remember that? They called it brunch in a jar. You were, we're telling me about, about this, but I've never seen it. I know, Chelsea. I don't remember every conversation. I'm just a man. I'm getting older. You're gonna have I know, to refresh my You're memory. not paying attention. You are doing your what? HR work over on the Odyssey website. <laughs> probably true. Probably true. <laughs> All right, Bill. Looks like you are sticking. In the NFL, one of the few. Who do you like this week? Yeah, I'm going to actually play this. I found this as I was diving through things earlier today. Dallas laying a big number at Carolina, but you can get them down to three and a half and then also the total at 40 and a half. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to play the Cowboys minus three and a half, go over the total of 40 and a half. Look, it's the holiday season. We need to start saving up for presents. 
Got to get a little plus money on the card so we can have a little more cash in our pocket. So we're going to do that. It's plus, uh, I think, what, 125, 135, whatever it is, plus money. Dallas minus three and a half, over 40 and a half because you look at Carolina this year. Their defense has been decent against some teams, but Miami boat raced them. Detroit boat raced them. They have problems with good offenses. Dallas has been clicking as of late. You're only going to have to lay three and a half, not the 10 and a half. So we'll do that. Combine them up. Let's go. Ooh, I like it. I might play that one straight up, even though I kind of like the Cowboys just straight up. The Cowboys are usually pretty good at beating the hell out of bad teams, with the exception of the Arizona Cardinals. Jenks, back to the college ranks. Who do you like? All right. Oh, God. I'm going Iowa Moneyline minus 148 hosting Illinois. You can make fun of Iowa all you want. They do not score, but also they have one of the best secondaries in all of college football, and Illinois is not going to be able to move the ball on them. This might be a 9-7 to game, but also, believe it or not, Iowa is playing for the Big West title or for the Big Ten West title. So what will happen is (laughs) the Big West. They belong in the Big West the way they play. They're going to win the title, they will be motivated, and then they're going to get donkey stomped in the championship game. So until that day comes, you might as well take Iowa. They will win. Again, they're at home. Illinois is not a very good football team. Iowa will find a way being motivated. I don't feel comfortable laying three and a half. It's going to be that close. The Iowa Hawkeyes, same colors. They're the same team as the Steelers, essentially. They're going to find a way, and it's going to be ugly each and every single time. Iowa money line minus 148. It's going to happen, but it's going to be gross. Yeah, and they have similar totals this week. A total of 30 mm-hmm. and a half in the Iowa yeah. game. And I think the total in the Steelers game is what, 30, 30 and a half? Absolutely wild times when it comes to some of these offenses. But a little tease there. I'm going to be taking the Steelers. You talk about getting things done in the ugliest of ways. That's kind of the Steelers' M.O. And it seems a little square taking the Steelers. Plus one is my uh, bet here because I did get them at plus three earlier in the week with the Deshaun Watson news coming out. I don't think necessarily that skews my bet one way or the other. Like, obviously, I like the Steelers a little bit more when you have DTR as opposed to P.J. Walker as the backup quarterback. Uh, But still, I think more of this is hinging on the Steelers' defense. And plus, in the AFC North, it feels like underdogs are the play. These games are always super close, super low scoring, and I think the Steelers can get it done here. Mike Tomlin is an underdog, one of the best coaches against the number in the entire NFL. So if you want to play all these, here's the recap. Over 71 in Georgia State LSU. James Madison minus 8.5 over Appalachian State. Then we've got the Cowboys minus 3.5 and and the over of 40.5. That's plus 135 by itself, but it's in our parlay as well. And then Iowa on the money line at minus 148. If you combine all of these together, a $25 bet would cash $660. That is a bet of 26 to 1. So now it's time to stir the pot a little bit where I am opening up the floor And if anybody wants to veto one of these picks, speak now or forever hold your peace. Jankies. Double D. Silence. Jankies. Go ahead. Come after me. I saw you shaking your head when I picked Iowa. It's all Uh, right. Go ahead. Yeah. Wow. Bad. Bad. Clip that off. (laughs) Take. Clip that off right there. I got it. Bad. 
Good handicapping. Take the under instead of the plus one or the the money line. It, it, Iowa is so unpredictable. One week you can have them score maybe 20 points, maybe 22 points. But the yeah. next week they're going to score maybe seven points. And Illinois, not that horrible of a team. Not great. But not horrible either. Mm, they're five and five. They're five and five. They're well, not great. Not listen, that horrible. Not that horrible. <laughs> Average. Average. Um, they're oh. going to try and run the ball, which is where Iowa is suspect. They will try to run the ball because guess who their coach is? Brett Bielema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I why I just wish I you would lead the points so we could get better odds. That's all I'm about. Oh, okay. So I saw you shaking your head, and I'm like, well, fair. I just, we could get better. I, here's the thing. We can we can split the difference. You can bet it down to three instead of three uh, and a hook. Is that better than minus 148? What is it, What does the three get you? Oh, it'll, the line's three and a half, so you can definitely get better odds out. Okay, yeah that's, yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. I, I just, you get to that 150, I'm like, you're killing our parlay here, Jinx. Come on. Uh, well, I'm just looking for uh, the Let's go. Big here's money. No. Big money. We got to have a no. winner. We got to have a winner. We got exactly. if there's five legs, someone can lay a minus 148 money line because we got to hit this yeah. bar light. Yeah, Bill, nobody's complaining that 26 to 1 is too short of odds. <laughs> Number Bill one, wants more. I want more. The if odds it's going to be a lottery ticket, I want to win millions. <laughs> if you don't win, it doesn't matter. Like people love these long shot plays, but if they don't win, like, who cares? Your kids aren't getting but any Christmas presents. If you keep only playing parlays, <laughs> it's like, well, we need at least 50 to 1. Well, you might be waiting until, you know, the year 2036 for your kids to get that <laughs> new bike under the Christmas tree. Sorry, Santa. We just couldn't make it happen this year. All right. So hopefully better times are ahead for the crew. We bring on Mo Egger of uh, Cincinnati coming on next to talk Bengals. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.